Genesis chapter 40 details the story of the chief butler and the chief baker who were imprisoned after offending Pharaoh. Each man had an unusual dream. Joseph explained the meanings of the dreams and the destiny of his two co-prisoners, and it came to pass precisely as Joseph had interpreted. Before the chief butler left, Joseph asked him to intercede on his behalf when he was restored to Pharaoh's court. The parsha ends with the following disheartening words, Genesis chapter 40, verse 23, Yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgot him. Today's Torah portion, Parshat Miketz, begins with these words in Genesis chapter 41, verse 1. And it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, he stood by the river. Today we're going to study a reoccurring theme that plays out in the history of the Jewish people, a theme that is hinted about in verse 1. When we open our Parsha, the stage was set for Joseph to provide an interpretation for Pharaoh's troubling dreams. Pharaoh dreamed about cows and grains. The dreams were prophetic in nature and resulted in Joseph being lifted out of the prison. But not only was Joseph freed from bondage, Egypt became an extremely powerful empire because they prepared for the upcoming famine. A few years later, as a result of the famine, Jacob and his family moved to Egypt. God had prophesied years earlier to Abraham about the Egyptian captivity and the eventual exodus, and that prophecy was becoming clearer. In Genesis chapter 15, verses 13 through 14, we read these words concerning Abraham. And he, meaning God, and he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in the land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge, and afterward shall they come out with great substance. God ordained that we would suffer captivity in Egypt but he also promised that the bondage would come to an end. In fact, notice how our deliverance from Egypt is described in the scriptures. Exodus verse 12, verses 40 and 41 read, Now the sojourning of the children of Israel who dwelt in Egypt was 430 years. It came to pass at the end of 430 years, even the selfsame day it came to pass, that all the hosts of Yahweh went out of the land of Egypt. God ordained that our sojourn in Egypt would end on the anniversary of its commencement. On the selfsame day. God cares about dates on the calendar. He cares about anniversaries, and he repeatedly turns the anniversaries of disasters into days of rejoicing. Back to today's Parsha. Pharaoh had his dream two full years after the butler's dream and release. Two full years. The peculiar wording in Hebrew is translated in the stone edition as, it happened at the end of two years to the day. It happened on the anniversary. God cares about the calendar. He orchestrates the calendar. Pharaoh's dream, which prompted Joseph's deliverance from prison, took place on the anniversary of the cupbearer's deliverance. But not only was it the anniversary of the cupbearer's deliverance, it was the anniversary of the cupbearer forgetting about Joseph. A day of despair for Joseph. Two years later, that day of despair became a day of deliverance. And Joseph's deliverance in this story is only a chapter in a larger story of our deliverance from Egypt. That monumental, miraculous deliverance from Egypt, the Exodus, also took place on an anniversary on the self-same day. Our history illustrates a reoccurring theme. God turns the anniversary of disasters into celebrations. We just finished celebrating the festival of Hanukkah this past week. 
we see again that the days the day of distress is turned into a day of joy. The day of the the story of the Maccabees is not included in the Jewish canon or most Christian Bibles, though it's considered a, a reliable historical record. The book of Maccabees, the books of Maccabees, are included, however, in Catholic Bibles. Notice what we read in Second Maccabees chapter ten, verses one through five. We're using the updated edition of the New Revised Standard Version. Now, Maccabeus and his followers, the Lord leading them on, recovered the temple and the city. They tore down the altars that had been built in the public square by the foreigners and also destroyed the sacred precincts. They purified the sanctuary and made another altar of sacrifice. Then, striking fire out of flint, they offered sacrifices after a lapse of two years, and they offered incense and lighted lamps and set out the bread of the presence. When they had done this, they fell prostrate and implored the Lord that they might never again fall into such misfortune, but that, if they ever should sin, they might be disciplined by him with forbearance and not be handed over to blasphemous and barbarous nations. And it happened on the same day on which the sanctuary had been profaned by the foreigners, the purification of the sanctuary took place, that is, on the 25th day, the same month, which was Kislev. Again, we see that God turned the anniversary of a disaster into cause for celebration. On the same day, the 25th day of Kislev, that the Syrian Greeks defiled the temple, we purified the temple. Consider the story of the book of Esther. The wicked Haman, boo, plotted to destroy us. Chapter 3 of the book of Esther records that Haman wrote orders for the genocide of all the Jewish people. Esther, chapter 3, verse 13 reads, Letters were sent by couriers to all the king's provinces, giving orders to destroy, to kill, and to annihilate all Jews, young and old, children and women, in one day, the 13th day of the 12th month, which is the month of Adar, and to plunder their goods. God, however, ordained that Esther would find grace in the eyes of the Persian emperor, we defended ourselves against the onslaught of Haman's army. Esther chapter 9, verses 16 and 17 record, Now the other Jews who were in the king's provinces also gathered to defend their lives and gain relief from their enemies and killed 75,000 of those who hated them. But they laid no hands on the plunder. This was the 13th day of the month of Adar. And on the 14th day they rested and made a day of feasting and gladness. The day chosen by Haman to carry a death sentence, gave birth to the festival of Purim. God turns our mourning to joy. God turns days of mourning into days of joy. Next week, we'll observe the feast, the, the fast of Tevet. This day is one of the four fasts commemorating key dates in the destruction of the two temples in Jerusalem. On the 10th of Tevet, Nebuchadnezzar laid siege to Jerusalem. This event is described in 2 Kings chapters 25, verses 1 and 2. And in the ninth year of his reign, in the tenth month, on the tenth day of the month, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came with all his army against Jerusalem and laid siege on it. They built siege works against it all around. So the city was besieged until the eleventh year of King Zedekiah. One and a half years later, after that terrible day in Tevet, one and a half years later on Tishbaav, the temple was burned to the ground. About 500 years after that, on the anniversary of the destruction of the first temple, the Romans burned the second temple to the ground. And those two disasters were not the only terrible events that happened on Tishba'av. That date carries 
a long, painful litany of disasters happening on the same day, including expulsion from Spain, our expulsion from Egypt, from England, excuse me, and the beginning of World War I. But we serve a God who is a God of mercy. God cares about his calendar, and God cares about turning painful anniversaries into happy celebrations. God is not going to wipe Tishba off off the calendar. He's not going to remove the date, the 10th of Tevet, from our memory. On the contrary, he has much bigger and better plans for our days of fasting and days of mourning. Just as he turned the anniversary of the day that we began our stay in Egypt into an anniversary of deliverance, he has plans for the four fast days. Zechariah chapter 8, verse 19 tells us, Thus saith Yahweh Sabaoth, The fast of the fourth month and the fast of the fifth month and the fast of the seventh and the fast of the tenth shall be seasons of joy and gladness and cheerful festivals for the house of Judah. Therefore, love truth and peace. God did not erase the 25th of Kislev from the calendar. There had been the date on which the Greeks defiled the temple. God instead turned that day into a day of joy and deliverance, the Feast of Hanukkah. God turned the anniversary of Joseph's abandonment by the cupbearer into a day of deliverance. And he's going to turn the fast days into days of joy. The present war in Israel erupted over 10 weeks ago when Hamas terrorists ruthlessly massacred over a 1,000 Israelis, including many women and children. The attack began on the morning of October 7th. Although it was morning in Israel, here in the United States, seven time zones earlier, the clocks had not yet reached midnight. It was still October 6th in our country. Recall that the Hebrew calendar and Roman calendar are not synchronized. In Israel, the Jewish calendar, the terrorist attack took place on Simchat Torah, the day of rejoicing in the Torah. But on the Roman calendar, used in most of the world, it was October 6th, the 50th anniversary of the beginning of Yom Kippur. This is a painful coincidence. Yet just as God turned all these other days of mourning into times of celebration, we pray that when he resurrects the innocents who have been murdered, we'll truly have a time of rejoicing. Remember the message from Joseph after two full years to the day. God sent deliverance. May we see that deliverance today.